welcome to episode 169 <laughs> of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? Here's a great big hug for you if you need it. Yeah, there you go. I'm joined this week by Miles Thompson. He he, 69. I'm in. <laughs> uh, we are so mature. 169 is the same thing, right? Yeah, it all counts. If it's got a 69 in it, it's it, it counts. Fair game. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> the shame is that we have to wait another 100 episodes to do it again. Yeah, I know. I know. It'll be worth it, though. It will. It will. It'll be well worth it. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Thank you, mate. Um, I've just been down to Exeter. Welcome back from Exeter after my 10-year starting u- university reunion, which is horrifying mm. that it was a whole decade ago that I went to university. So that's been fun. <laughs> I imagine the uni ones are better than like like secondary school reunions. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, the secondary school one I've not actually done. Sounds like a hell on earth. Yeah, that'd be the worst because a lot of the people at secondary school you probably wouldn't like anymore, or did yeah. not like yeah. in the first place. Never liked you in the first place. Yeah, like oh my god, it'd be so good to see you. I was like, no, I don't want to see you. Made <laughs> it, it really wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be miserable for both of us, and let's not bother. It's the worst time. Uh, Joshua Thompson. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. How on earth has your week been? Oh, uh, I finished some games, finally fixed a uh, couple of the lambs fixed, so I finished that. Love um, it. Played some roller drone. Um, I'm now from the Out for Blood, uh, and then just working all weekend, so I've not been able to do anything else. Hmm. But there you go. Not bad, though. Not bad. Not bad at all. And finally, Taylor Swift announced a new album this week. Let's see how oh, she is. It's Cat. Hello, 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 hello. I need to calm down. I'm not okay. It's, now, it's fine. Now, now, now it's I was fine. I was reading about this. Okay. Right? And yep. Taylor said, I wrote these songs in the middle of the night when I was sad. And yep. I'm like, I'm like, bitch, I wrote my whole album when I was sad <laughs> in the middle of the night. You're not special. Sorry, <laughs> Taylor Swift. That's how all songwriters do it if they're fucking proper. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, she she's done like like nine albums in the middle of the night sad too. So mm. uh it's very exciting though. Um and also another fun fact for you. This is like third so her lucky number is 13. And this is 13 years to the day where Kanye stood up on stage and like fucked her off um but also the dress that she's wearing is like a really posh version of the dress that she had 13 years ago and it's a mimic of the dress that she's in for look what you made me do which is also a song about kanye so it's just like a real fuck you all around i love it i love her she's so unhinged in the best way yeah (laughs) my birthday is on the 13th of a month as well so there you go is it yeah it's all connected I also was 13 once. I, yep. I also (laughs) sometimes live the 13th day of each month too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. We're all connected to Taylor Swift in a big way. But it was very exciting and props to Sean because... I knew that she, there was a rumor she was attending the VMAs. People are like, we don't fucking care. And I'm like, yes, well, you will care. Um, <laughs> so I knew she was, I knew she would be, but obviously, like the VMAs over in America is 4 a.m. our time, and she always seems to announce stuff at the VMAs. I think that's like our version of the Brits. So like, you mm. know, anyone British would announce their stuff at the Brit Awards. Um, and it wasn't until I like one eye opened, looked at my phone, looked at the previews, and then there was Sean 
tagging me in the Slack saying, how is Kat feeling that Taylor Swift released a new album? And I, I've never gasped for breath so hard and got on Twitter as fast as I have. Uh, but it was great. It was good to see. It was good to see. I'm glad. Mm. And we all were expecting a re-release because she can obviously re-release her own albums now. So the fact that it's a whole new album, buzzing. I'm buzzing. I'm a bit buzzing. snotty, but I'm buzzing. <laughs> How are you, Ross? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, she's really, she's really running out of ideas, isn't she? Who? I wrote these at night. What? I'm gonna punch Sorry. you. I can't. I can't get over that. Like it's just such a such fucking... a. Re- such a ridiculous, like, leave this podcast this, if you continue to slander. These are I can't believe for one of... second that she wrote Shake It Off when she was sad in the middle of the night. <laughs> True. That is not one of those kind of songs. Thanks. Oh, dear. Anyway, I'm fine. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> thank you for no, asking. I don't care because you're slagging off Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, I'm not slagging off Taylor Swift. I had a conversation about Taylor Swift with uh, Zoe the other day, actually. And I was like, you know, whenever I hear a Taylor Swift song, I'm like, you know, that's a good song. Am I going to go out and, you know, beg for tickets? No, I'm not going to go out and get her albums. But I could, I appreciate her as an artist from afar. Good, because she is the music industry. So I, I guess you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on from Taylor Swift. Um, let's get on to Game of the Week. Miles from the top, Game of the Week. You can actually talk about things now. I can. I've got so many things to talk about now, but I think we've got to talk about Saints Row, which, yeah, yeah it's an interesting one, this, because everyone seems to hate it, but I didn't hate it as much as other people did. So it's been a bit of a weird one. Uh, so I don't even know where to start, really. It's kind of a reboot, but equally, I don't really think it's a reboot. It plays like a game that came out 10, 11, 12 years ago, whenever it was. Um It's Saints Row 3 in a different, instead of in a city, it's just in a big desert with small little bits of city. Um, The gunplay is like ultra loose to the point where like actually aiming can be relatively weird to do and actually not that much fun at times. Um, And I think they overcompensated with this by just adding in this huge like aim snap assist to it. Um, and like you don't shoot environmental prompts yourself, you just press triangle and then they automatically aim and shoot it for you. And I'm like, that's a bit weird to put in your game. That's a strange concession to make, unless you know that your gunplay is a little bit crap. And it is, you know, I've got to be honest, the gunplay is a little bit kind of crap, but it is sort of arcadey fun at the same time, even despite its issues. It's riddled with bugs and visual glitches. Some of them are funny, some of them are not. Um, I had one where a lamppost got stuck inside the car that I was driving and the physics couldn't figure out how to get it out. So it just was having <laughs> this like crazy like thing going on in the middle of my car while I was trying to drive in a chase. Um, I had one where I fell through like the floor of the map and I was just there's like a weird bit underneath the map of the game where I think it's probably like where the dev room is or something like that, because I fell on top of it. Um, and then you can just look up at the rest of the map. I had a really weird one where I got into a helicopter and it zoomed in instead of out. So instead of looking from behind the helicopter, I was now zoomed into the floor. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck do I fly a helicopter staring at the floor? What do I do now? Um, so that was a weird one. 
but none of the bugs I encountered like broke the game. Like on both of those occasions, I just reloaded the autosave and it put me back exactly where I was. So I didn't lose any progress. Other people got these bugs like during a main mission quite late in, which affected like progress and whatever. So I think people's experiences are varied depending on when you've had these bugs and how bad you've had them. I didn't get some bugs other people have had that have been really bad. <clears throat> but I will say like story-wise and the location, that's where it is a reboot because it's different. But the characters aren't amazing. There's a guy called Kevin it, and he's cool because he doesn't wear a shirt. And that's why he's cool. And it does this really cringy like mission where they try and like give him a backstory, which is like really emotional. But it's just so badly done and really badly written. But on the same note, I didn't actually hate the characters. I think I said this to, to you, Josh, where I was like, I'm playing the game and I know I should hate it, but I kind of don't. Like, there's something about it that is still fun. It's still arcadey. And I think part of it is if you liked Saints Rose 3 and 4, you probably will find something to like in this like I did. But if you hated those original ones, you'll still hate this one. It's exactly the same kind of game. And I think what's happened is the Saints Row games back then, you could kind of get away with a bit more and it used its humour and wackiness and kind of that little bit of being a bit controversial to overcome the fact that it wasn't a particularly phenomenal game. Whereas now they've kind of toned down some of the craziness of the experience and all you're kind of left with is this kind of game which is fine, but it's not particularly incredible. I had a bit more fun with it because I like the style and I enjoyed having something that wasn't quite as serious. But even so, it was... I think giving it a seven on my part was I looked past a lot of its flaws a little bit more than other people have. And I think your experience is going to be dependent on if you're expecting a big reboot, like a whole reinvention of the series, you're not getting that. It's just not that at all. This is the same game, just with a new coat of paint, which is still buggy as hell. Oh, and the texture popping's terrible. Like literally meters in front of you, things will just pop into existence. Like I was in a car chase and cars would like like demanifest themselves like disappear behind you while you're looking at them and then they just reappear they like reanimate into existence like in the matrix or something um so it's kind of a game that you get as much out of it as you want to but also i don't think this is worth the full price of admission i'm not gonna lie i'd say this is one to wait for either on a sale or if you really like ubisoft open world tick boxy type exercises there is a shit ton to do in this game insurance fraud is back which is great but yeah, it's it's just a real mixed bag. There's so many problems with it, but I was still able to have a lot of fun with it. And I think some of the criticism has been a bit harsh because I think people's expectations and standards have changed nowadays compared to 10 years ago, where I think people were a bit more relaxed with video games. Whereas I think now in the age of like YouTubers and like like hourly long essays delving into like every detail of a game, saints row just doesn't really hold up to that kind of scrutiny but it never did and i think that's part of the problem um so it's a hard one because i kind of do recommend it because i kind of did like it and had fun with it but at the same time i'd say look watch the reviews and just kind of see for yourself if it looks like the style of game that you're into if it's not it's not gonna be worth your time but if a part of it kind of intrigues you then go for it but yeah it's it's an odd one i can't believe this texture popping on oh, it's so bad in 2022 <laughs> N64 you, problems. It's honestly so, so poor. Like, it's probably the one thing that was really pervasive of I'd just be like driving and like I just see trees pop in, lampposts would pop in, cars would disappear and reappear, people would just appear in front of you, like 10 meters in front of where <laughs> you are. Like, it just suddenly be someone walking in front of you, be like, you weren't just there. You were not just there. Um, 
I, I don't know. It is a weird one. It It is bad. And I know it's bad, but equally, I didn't hate it because of those things, if that makes sense. It sounds like it's come out like five years too late. Yes, definitely. It sounds like a last generation experience. I'd even go as could, far as to say, oh, sorry, carry on. That we could all kind of still enjoy. Yeah, in I its think. Own way. I'd actually say, yeah, it's probably like 10 years out of date at this point in a way, because it is just so outdated. Like the mission design is go here, shoot some stuff, get in a car, drive away. The car chases are abysmal. Like the game just rubber bands cars to you. And the AI is so bad. It will like drive into a wall. And the developers must have known that the AI was crap because it then just respawns them right behind you, even if they've just smashed headfirst into a wall at like night miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah, it needs... uh... It needs a fresh coat of paint. And or maybe it shouldn't have existed at all. Yeah, I kind of thought this. I didn't I didn't ever think this game needed to be made, but it kind of ended up being made. And I think this might be the end of the series because I think it's going to put it in the dirt after this one. Mm. Um, but it, it's a nostalgic hit. If you like the games of like the 2010s where it was just about like having loads of content and stupid stuff to do with not much thought of why you're doing it, there is fun in there. But if you're looking for anything more than that, this just isn't it. I can't wait to play it on Game Pass. I'm very excited. About it. <laughs> it is a perfect Game Pass game, or like <laughs> twenty pound in a sale game. Mm. All right, cool. And five words on Destroy Humans Two. Wise cracking, smart ass, hilarious, really fun. Does wise cracking and smart ass count as one word? Are we going to go? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I guess cool. I can add kick ass. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, smart ass. Uh, Josh, your game of the week. Yeah, so I think my game of the week was probably the last thing I put out as a review on the site, which is Tiny King. Um, I think a lot of press, like previews of it, was kind of akin in it to uh, Pikmin. And I think some of the elements are there in terms of like the kind of creatures that you kind of use as part of the gameplay mechanic. But aside from that, it's a lot more of a chilled out, less of a tactical experience and more of like a, what I wasn't really expecting uh, was a collectathon. Like a lot of it is just kind of collecting all these bits and pieces and all these levels. Um, you kind of go around a house, you're a miniature size, you're like the size of an ant and you live amongst ants. And you go around different rooms of a house that is stuck from the 90s. Uh, there's so much nice detail uh, from nostalgia purposes and other like that. Well, on like repurposing of um, household items that have been made into like kingdoms now by the insects. Uh, so much of that detail, so much love put into it that was really enjoyable to kind of come across and stumble upon and even see objects in there that I was just like, oh, yeah, that existed back then when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> uh, it's kind of one note in its uh, in its execution, as in you kind of do the same thing four or five times over in all the different levels. Um, that's not to say it wasn't fun, because it is really fun. Uh, it's quite laid back, so it's one that you can kind of just really just shut your brain off, just move about, enjoy the environments, kind of live in the world that you've been uh, thrust in entirely kin um you get you a lot of the npcs are quite uh are interactable so you can get kind of backstory from their lives and a lot of it is like very uh contextual like it it's not um just straight up exposition it is just very like of where it's fitting of the character 
and it really does build this world that you haven't you don't really know much about and you kind of as you go as you progress you're kind of learning a bit more about why you're in the situation you're in um i think the art style i think this 2d characters in this 3d world was initially a little bit jarring for myself um but i got used to it it was quite a nice uh it gives it a quite a unique look overall um the the kind of main like mechanic of it with the different creatures that you have they all have separate abilities so each color represents each ability like uh one can blow up one can you you can use one color to climb up things uh the others conduct electricity so some of them are kind of pikmin related like they are very similar in that way um but they're not as much of a say like um there's no like challenge to it like the puzzles are very very breezy to do um they're almost to a point where it's like if you have common sense you've completed it already um so maybe i think maybe the puzzles could have been a little bit more brain tingling but overall it was just such a relaxed experience so great i think there's a lot of love put into it through the developers at splash team i think they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they've executed it perfectly um there was a couple of uh bugs that i came across i think um other reviews kind of talked about frame rate issues which i didn't experience at all but i did however fall through the map twice <laughs> um first time was a couple of hours in and my only kind of remedy was to restart um i wasn't too bothered because i had only done like two levels and i spent like only a couple of hours and i was like okay i'll start again cuz i can't i want to finish it for review um and then <laughs> once i'd finished it it's kind of reviewing it and then i kind of went back into the game to get details on character names and stuff like that i was in the i was under the map again uh, and that was after like 10 hours of gameplay i was just like i am not <laughs> i'm not restarting this again to try and like get the platinum because i think the platinum was a little bit locked due to the update that they brought out kind of on embargo um so hopefully there's another patch cuz i do want to finish it i do want to go back to it cuz it is a lot of fun yeah it sounds it actually um it sounds like it does yeah it did give me pikmin vibes when i was reading your review um, yeah and i think a lot of people have said it as well um before and after the review that it is akin to that sort of uh that that game yeah yeah give me good vibes and yeah puzzles that i can do sounds good to me <laughs> so yeah i'm well up for that uh, all right nice one um and cat finally what have you been play 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 playing um so, <laughs> i like it I like thank it. you very much like, yeah little, i did like a little that. taylor well, reference well, there well, well, yeah. well, 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 um so mine is um yeah it was but it's fine i wasn't gonna pick you up on that um (laughs) um so mine's an oldie from the backlog and one that i regret not jumping into sooner because actually i think it's a fantastic game and that is days gone I mm. started Days Gone a couple of days ago. Don't ask me if I've started the continued with the Witcher because I fucking haven't. And I'm not even <laughs> um but yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, it was a game that came out in 2019, I wanna say. It was like somewhat around there. Um and yeah, obviously they they think they in their eyes it tanked and actually it sold like I don't know, ten million copies, nine million copies, whatever it was. Um and it's an open world action adventure, I think kind of like 
It is very Last of Us-y. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> it really is. Um, and whether it's inspired from that, I, I guess it must be. Um, I think it's probably one of the best environments I've ever seen. Um, whereas I think it's been criticised for its environment, which I think is fucking insane because it's absolutely humongous and it's really crystal clear. Um, it holds up really well on the PS5. Um, yeah, I'm just really, really enjoying it. I can't stop. I I think I'm a bit burnt out with the cutesy games. I think I I went from doing a lot of them all at once and I'm a bit done. I'm a bit like, I get very fatigued very, very quickly. I found myself getting a bit like that when I was reviewing Seasons, Story of Seasons. And I was like, I think I need to change the pace. I need to kill some shit. I need to beat some shit up. Um, I'm gonna attack some zombies, and I had the choice mm-hmm. between. I just don't, I just don't know why I wasn't feeling going back to the witch. I just wasn't. Um, I had the choice between continuing where I left off in the Last of Us Two. I have finished the last. Well, I haven't finished the Last of Us Two, but I have finished. I know what happens at the end because I've watched. Uh, well, essentially, I watched Miles play it. Essentially, is what it is. We played it together the, the couple of days it came out. Um, but it was on his PlayStation, so I started my own save, and I'm like six, seven hours into that. Um, which is quite frankly where it should have ended <laughs> uh, but I know I've got like another seven hours to go or I could start Days Gone and Miles was like start You've Days talked Gone about this. I know I know I know I know um, but I am really enjoying it and I'm very sad because of course like what was it like two three months ago we had the the news piece about the Days Gone 2 being cancelled and mm. I was saying to Miles today that is such a fucking shame because I would pay a lot of money I think for Days Gone 2 um and i was just literally like looking up some news about it and obviously there's been a movie that's been announced and they're not going with the well they're not it doesn't doesn't look like they're gonna go with the guy that they've mo-capped which is really strange like even the developers are like why wouldn't you do that (laughs) why wouldn't you go get him in um so they were like no hate to the other guy who's being like you know scouted for it but uh they're not happy which is really interesting because it's like no matter what they are doing to this game (laughs) devs aren't happy the creators aren't happy publishers aren't happy sony's not happy like it's just a shit show but it's such a good game it really doesn't doesn't deserve it it doesn't deserve the criticism and the kind of like hate that kind of circles it uh but yeah i'm really enjoying it um and yeah that's my game of the week i'm glad i finally got it out but i'll i'll be continuously jumping into it because i can't see myself getting bored of it anytime soon i agree entirely days gone did not get enough love yeah when it was released yeah. it's a very fun game it yeah it is it is last of us all over with those slow melodic guitars and yeah like the just even down to the soundtrack it's it's the last of us on a fucking motorbike okay yeah. i think naughty <laughs> dog must have gone uh Okay, guys. Sure. Uh, yeah, inspiration is flattery. Fine, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you can jump back into uh, Back for Blood this week if you really want to. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, well, come maybe. on. We'll have well, so much fun. If you guys are doing it, yeah, but I wouldn't do it by myself. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the new DLC is out tomorrow, a whole new campaign. There you go. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah. Let's do it. We say a whole new campaign, but you know, <laughs> it was a whole new campaign last time, and look how that turned out. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, I'm working tomorrow. Wednesday night. Pencil it okay. in. We'll Wednesday night. Blood. All right. Wednesday night. It is. Great stuff. Looking forward to that. I love checking out Back for Blood. Uh, what have I been playing? I really haven't played a lot this week. I've been worried mostly. Um, let's see. 
Uh, I got my cafe open on Animal Crossing. I found Brewster. <laughs> he opened his, He opened the coffee shop. Um, Are you regretting getting rid of your Switch now? I am. I am so far behind Animal Crossing now. It's, it's unreal. But I'm slowly unlocking things once again. And my island's starting to take shape now. Um, got it up to four stars. So I'm very nearly there. But uh, yeah. Man, I'm, I really missed it. I'm, I missed the routine of it. And to be back into that is uh, is a lot of fun. And so, yeah. But yeah, that is the highlight of my gaming week. Uh, Brewster came to the island. He opened his cafe. I went up there today, had a coffee with one of my villagers. And it was just wholesome. And it was lovely. But yeah, I'm kind of with Kat. I'm in the mood to shoot some zombies' heads off. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that on, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, right then, let's crack on with the quiz. And it's over. It's a cat. Hi, friends. Um, So, 10 questions, no theme. I know. Shocking. Oh, my God. Shit. Quiz gets harder to write every week, man. I've got to pull some shower nowhere sometimes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, no theme. It's not a hard old quiz. It's just a plain old OG quiz. Okay. Mm. Um, Are we doing hands up or are we doing. buzzers let's try the raised hands thing okay okay that's fine let's have a this go is first. democracy you don't have to just be what yeah I say, but... guys do you want hands up or buzzers does everyone know the hands up function is on zoom <laughs> <laughs> what did we do what did you guys do last week in the end we ended up staying with the buzzers because i remember the yeah yeah uh i mean i'm happy to give it a go yeah let's give it a go Cool. Don't forget as well to put your hand down after the question because otherwise it's called a legacy hand because it's up for so long. <laughs> um, uh, so that? uh, that's what it so be, lots of people call it legacy hands, history hands, like it's like that shit zoom language now. Okay, okay. so like we because where we went, I was <laughs> 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 just doing emojis, fuck's sake, guys. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Um, okay, so if you're listening for the first time, it's fastest finger first. You're not going to be able to hear who's fastest finger first. It is just going to have to be me that says that's just tough. If you want to play along at home, you can. Um, I won't be able to hear you though. Ross, stop being so rude with emojis. <laughs> How <laughs> rude can you get with emojis? They're emojis. emojis, cat. I don't know what you're accusing me of. Shut up. Yeah, Let's start the quiz. <laughs> um, okay, question one Are you ready? Put your eggplants down. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I've got to take my hand off my eggplant. Oh, okay. That's what I'm doing. Okay, all right, cool. That's fine. Okay, question one. Are you ready? It's <laughs> a weird game. It's corn. It's corn. Call out the juice. Come on. Call out the juice. <laughs> no, do the thing. <laughs> I've now lost the raise hand option, so I'm just going to pick like a it. random emoji. <laughs> All right, then. Okay, so question one. Which series, based on a popular game franchise on Netflix, has just been cancelled after its first season? Ross. Resident Evil. What? Man's first, isn't it? No, whoever goes big on the screen for me is first. Oh, okay. So I went went very big on the screen. Yeah, Ross went very big on the (laughs) screen. That's that's how I'm doing (laughs) it, is is whoever's going to go, whoever goes first on my screen. Whoever finishes Um, first on the screen is where Kat goes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, <God>. Christ. <laughs> uh, Ross, sorry, mate. What was your answer? My answer was Resident Evil. Yes, you would be correct. Hold on. Um, cool. Question two. 
as of August 2022, how many COD games have been published? And this doesn't include mobile games. Ross. 28. No. Miles. 27. No. I guess I'll go with 24. Uh, no, neither of none of you have correct. The answer is 19. No, not, that's wow, not we overestimated. <laughs> Very much did. Uh, question three uh, Garden Grove, Simmering Springs, and Sugar Pine Woods are all locations in which game? <laughs> Ross? Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> Garden Grove. <laughs> Simmering Springs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, anyone else want to give it a stab? Ross? Uh, Josh? <laughs> is it Fortnite? It is not Fortnite. Oh, that would have been so great. But that's was, actually where, where my thinking was going and then I did it for a different game. Miles? Plants vs. Zombies. Uh, no. Um, the answer was Bug Snacks. Bugs next. Bugs next. Fruit salad. Ooh, ooh. Ooh. Anywho, <laughs> oh, the fruit four. salad game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fruit salad. Uh, question four: Which country passed a law that stops sixteen-year-olds gaming past midnight? Miles. China. Oh, no. Ross. The Indonesian state of Indonesia. The Indonesian state of Indonesia. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Josh, do you want to give it a stab? Australia? Australia? No. Uh, answer was uh, South Korea. Oh. oh that was my second answer. Either north or south. <laughs> okay, question five. We know that Robin Williams' daughter is named after the Legend of Zelda games, but which game is his son Cody reportedly named after? Josh? The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, the video game. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well done, I love mate. how specific that was. <laughs> like it. Like it. Ross, did Close I see your hand there. up? Yeah. Go on. The Legend of Cody, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, how did you guess that? <laughs> I knew it! Resident Evil Code Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it is the old fighting uh, franchise final fight. Cody Vane. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Cody Vane. Oh, question six. What is the name of the planet that is home in Gears of War? This is bad, isn't it? You know. Well, Ross, I find you're winning, so it's not bad for you, mate. <laughs> well, I know, but we're on question six, and I'm winning by one. <laughs> Josh. Atropos. No. <laughs> that was just a random name. That's that's just a word. Word. That was that's yeah, it was just, that just a oh, word. Yeah, yeah, it is Rotana. Uh Roxacorica Phalopatorius. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, spell it. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god. Uh Mars. Mars. No. The answer is Sarah. <laughs> oh yeah. Sarah. Yeah. Well Sarah, Sarah, everyone of oh, I see. It. Yeah. Okay. Question seven. It's the name of my next one. This is one. this is the word quiz. <laughs> I'm so quiz, sorry. Man. I didn't realize no, 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 it was no, no, going to no. be that hard. I'm so sorry. Sorry, I I, I misspoke. The quiz is fine. Just we're very bad <laughs> we're at we're very it. video it's game. our performance at the yeah. quiz. Yeah. Very okay, video game illiterate. That's why I don't play guess the game. 
<laughs> I actually don't play guessing game a lot, even because I just I'll embarrass myself. Um, anywho, uh, question seven: Nintendo was once sued because children have blisters on their thumbs from playing too much of what game? Ross. Duck Hunt. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Cute though, Miles. Golden Eye. No, children. Miles, children. I mean, I was a kid and I played Golden Eye. Mm. Yeah, but children. Uh, Josh. Yeah, but children. I've got, I've got two in mind, and I'm okay, not well, sure you... which one to go for. Well, that sounds like a giant. Go for, go for the second one. Mario Kart. Oh, what was it going to be your other one? Super Smash Bros. Oh, you'd got it wrong both times. Never mind. Is it uh, Mario Party? <laughs> yeah, it's Mario Party. Oh, oh God. That dreaded third answer. Yeah, Mario Party. Um, okay, question eight. In what decade does a way out take place in? Ross. The 70s? It is the 70s. Oh, hey. God damn it. Wow, man. Uh, question... This is a game, bro. <laughs> question nine. Alongside Naughty Dog, who else developed the original Crash Bandicoot? Ross. Vicarious Visions. No. Well, no. Damn, I was so short. <laughs> Anyone else? If it helps you, Cortex says it in like the, the original while the theme is playing. Oh my god, what is that? Do you oh, hear Miles, it? We might, we, we might win the quiz if we get this one. <laughs> I can literally, I'm playing it in my head and I can't think of what he says. Guys, you have plenty of time to Google it now. Come on. <laughs> oh, what is it? Three, five, four. Oh, I'm going to hate myself for not getting this. Who? Anyone want to take a stab? Dude. I don't know why I want to say Activision, but I feel like it's because they published it. But whatever. No, alongside Naughty Dog, they did not publish it. Um, Miles, want to take a stab? I can't. I can't remember it. I'm going to kick myself. Okay, so if you remember, you'll you'll start the PS One. It'll go do do do, and it'll be like do 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 do, and then Cortex goes a Universal Interactive Studio game. Oh. Yeah, so it's Universal Interactive Studios. So guys. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> and question ten. Still in this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Mother Russia bleeds. Always, sometimes monsters and damn well are games published by which or who? Can oh sorry, Devolver. Yeah, it is well done, mate. Yeah, that's the end of the quiz. Sorry, guys, <laughs> that was a shit quiz. Who won? It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was a close call. Did you just say who won? Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what? I'll reveal. I'll reveal it on the Twitter tomorrow. I'm just going to leave you all in suspense. It's going to take at least half an hour to top our scores. Sure. Yeah, it's it's too close. I think it's too close to tell. Oh my God, it's going to be AR, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, of course, Ross, you got three, mate. So well done. The others, Yay. you got big fat fuck all. Uh, so... Wow, not even just a zero, a big fat fuck all. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, I that was obviously quite a hard quiz. So maybe I'm going to get back to the themes. <laughs> Just do a Sean style quiz once in a lifetime, you know. There we go. I thought, um, I thought it was fine. Yeah, did you think it was really easy? The winner. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, after um, after the weekend's football, I'm so glad Miles came out of this with absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have more points than us. You're doing all right. Yeah, but oh, that was God. disgusting. Poor Bournemouth. 
it that was, was just disgusting. It, it was it was Brighton still on top for, for around five think, minutes after the United game. Jurgen Klopp must have said something beyond the pale to his players. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I he can't even imagine. Oh well. Anyway, and yes, Josh Brighton are still doing well. Right, stop the count. <laughs> Actually, I think they're still ahead of both of our teams. Yeah, yeah. The league can stop here now. Um, <laughs> thank you very much, cats. You are most welcome. Oh, thanks, man. Um, right, it is now time to get into the news. And, of course, the big news this week was Gamescom. Opening night live. Gamescom has now been and gone. It is all over. But there are two people on the pod who weren't on our rather epic reaction special. Um, it's been a while since we did a massive three-hour podcast. But, um, yeah, there was a lot to talk about. And so what I thought we'd do is give this time a little bit of platform to Cat and Miles talk what their favorite games or reveals were now that we're all caught up. And um, see what we thought of it in general, really. So, um, uh, Miles, you didn't really get a chance to talk during the quiz because you, know, you didn't answer anything. Because I sucked. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you make of Gamescom Open Night Live in general? And um, what are you excited for? I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a good showcase. It didn't kind of blow me away, but it was like, it didn't feel like a waste of time either. I think the fact that I could skip through some of the stuff because I caught up on it afterwards was quite nice. Um, Callisto Pro- Protocol is obviously i think gonna be a highlight for me on basically everything until it comes out i just really love the look of this game and i really can't wait to to play it uh moving up to uh me and cat played the original moving out quite a bit and it led to a lot of laughs and also a lot of anger <laughs> when we were trying to move a couch through a doorway that wouldn't work um so i'm looking forward to actually playing moving out too again because the first one's great uh marauders we only saw like less than a minute of actual gameplay of this i think but i kind of liked the style of it <laughs> josh just put pivot in the chat for anyone who's uh <laughs> gets the reference from friends even i get that one and i don't even watch much of much of friends um lies of p looks really cool um it's like a dark soulsy kind of like gothic like i don't i don't know if it's like steampunky or not but it's kind of like that bloodborne type vibe to it um it looks really really cool i'm excited for that one i love basically anything souls so that's cool Stranded Alien Dawn, really cool. It's like a, a turret defense mixed with like a strategy top-down shooter thing. Um, it looks right up my kind of street. Uh, Dark Tide looks really cool. I'm um, quite interested in that. And the other highlight was Dead Island 2. Um, I can't believe this game exists. I can't believe it's genuinely a thing and it's actually coming out in just a few months' time. Um, I think Dan Busters have done a really good job from what we've seen so far. Um, and I hope that it's just going to be just a fun zombies game i do have my skepticism of whether dead island 2 is still relevant kind of now but equally like i said the fact that this game does exist and it gets a chance to come out and potentially be a success and actually be good i think that's a miracle in and of itself so fingers crossed i, I hope for dan buster's sake that this game releases and it's you know solid and not a big buggy mess like all the other dead island games have been um so yeah, those are my kind of highlights. I thought the other stuff that was shown was cool, just wasn't really up my street. Um, and yeah, it was nice to be able to skip through Jeff and not have to listen to him talk at all. So yeah, I'd give big props to doing that whenever you have to watch these shows. <laughs> you didn't sit back and watch the story about the Pokemon car? I did not. I skipped straight over that. I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't want to like roll my eyes and cringe. So I thought I'd just skip through that. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, Deadline in Sula's uh, rad, isn't it? Looks really yeah. Fun. It really does, like especially given 
you know the problems it's had i really enjoyed the first dead island i played about two hours of dead island riptide and couldn't really get like into it and i tried to go back to it like a year later and had no idea what i was doing so i jumped off it again um but the idea of getting a dead island to you know does really excite me and i do want to have more of a chilled arcadey type game um whereas i think you know with um dying light it's much more of a serious ish kind of tone to it so it'll be nice to have something that's a bit more you know fun focused but still with the same kind of triple a value um so yeah i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to suffer the same problem with saints row yeah it might it it is going to feel a couple of generations old but i think it's going to be fun regardless i think the difference is that it is going to be a bit of a laugh especially in co-op i think and I think like with Saints Row, they toned down a lot of what defined that series. Whereas with Dead Island 2, they're kind of sticking with the same idea. They're not kind of toning too much down or changing oh, it too they're, much. They're steering straight into the skid on this one, I think. Exactly. And I think that's going to work. <laughs> and I think with Zombies games, you've always got a bit more flexibility. Because even if your game's like a bit buggy or a bit messy, like zombies are just a staple. You can kind of get away with a bit more stuff in that genre. Um, I do think Zombies games have moved forward quite a bit. But I think there's still a space for a game like this. I I hold out more hope for this one than I think I did with Saints Row. So I'm I'm a little bit optimistic. I'm hopeful. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun uh, for sure. Um, Cap, anything from Open Night Live that got you excited? Um, there was quite a few things actually. Um, I again, without saying too much about Dead Island, I, like that looks really cool. I'm sure I'll jump into that um, when it comes out. Um, the gap looks cool. Um, Snackoon looks like the joke version of Stray, and I'm really down for that. <laughs> um, Floodland, I did a I did a news piece on a little to the left. Uh, that's got a release date now. Um, Hotel Architect looks kind of like Two Point, but maybe just like a hotel version. We'll see how that goes. Moving Out Two was also on my list. I had so much fun with that game. That game is like it's overcooked with furniture, but it's just so funny. Um, Hocko Life looks cool. Um, again, Lies of P looks awesome. And we saw much more on Lightyear Frontier as well. I'm not so happy that it was like it's um first person view, but hopefully you can change that. Um yeah, it looked I, I was quite happy with it overall. Like it wasn't I remember the um like showcase before this one, it was like all space horror. And like that's cool and all, but like if that's not your bag, then the whole showcase isn't your bag. Whereas I felt like this really did like, you know, mix it up a bit. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to the year ahead. It's lots of cool little indies. Again, indies have got the spotlight, I think, a little bit. Um yeah, that's that's my bag. And to be fair, that list is like really like there's no particular wheelhouse there. That's just like give me everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good show, I think, overall. Yeah. For mixing it up a bit. Um yeah. although Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm starting to lose my voice again. Oh, I just am so sick of it. <laughs> oh, it's talking so much. I know. And that's kind of like my thing. Talking. That's like what people know me for. Yeah, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. Um, so it's amazing you're it's amazing you're on a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, love it. Um, yeah. Um, there's, there's, what was it? Lies of P. Yeah, Lies of P looks rad. Um, looks like a Souls like I could get into because uh, 
I mean, if it got Punaku in it, it's going to be nice and easy. Right? Right, guys? Right? Is this going to be the one that brings you into Souls, one of the Elden Ring afterwards? <laughs> well, I, I had tried. this conversation with um, Miles as well, and he was like, it's Souls-like, you won't like it. But maybe it's the one that will get us in, Ross. Maybe. The aesthetic draws you in. Yeah, and the story. It's fucking Pinocchio, dude. How, how hard can Pinocchio the story be when they're doing a story of Pinocchio? I mean, it looks like Pinocchio meets Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Meets yeah. Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. This, this weird kind of like uh, steampunk kind of uh, aesthetic. And it should be quite interesting because I've been, I've been looking for a Souls game that isn't that very traditional aesthetic that they do. You know, that kind of classic knight with a, with a giant sword and dragons and monsters and shit. It's like, okay, put it in a different environment. That's what's been interesting to me. And so Lies of P might be the one. Might be the one to uh, go. I mean, it's on Game Pass, so I'm going to play anyway. But uh, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna, day one for sure. Absolutely. Um, Josh, I know you were uh, with us on the uh, the big old uh, podcast. Have you had a chance to look back, see if there's anything else that's caught your eye? Um, um, not too much. I think obviously we reacted to opening night live and then there was obviously the future games that came out uh, the day after. Uh, and that showed a lot more games as well. A lot more um not necessarily reveals, but it was kind of uh, gameplay footage of games that we've not seen yet fully. Uh, the kind of big one for me was the last case of Benedict Fox. Um, I can't remember which showcase it, it was in. It might have been the Xbox game showcase where it was kind of revealed. Uh, and it's like a 2D. Yeah, it was. So good. Yeah, like a 2D. Is it a Metroidvania type game and it's got some um mystical horror kind of like hp lovecraft stuff you kind of have this alter ego that talks you and sometimes controls you um i really like the art style i like the gameplay and i i'm really interested in the story so that was kind of the main thing from that uh the rest of kind of opening my life it wasn't necessarily the reveals that got me but maybe games that we've seen for about a year or so that kind of reaffirmed my belief in it like maybe Hogwarts Legacy kind of actually made me think twice about it Arkham Knights I thought I started thinking twice about it and I don't know if it's because they just showed off good trailers and I'm a sucker for um, marketing but I'm kind of more hopeful now for this kind of Q4 of like AAA games that maybe there is more than just like the indies stealing the spotlight at the moment um, not that that's a bad thing. I'm absolutely loving the, the indies this year in particular. Um, uh, but I think the biggest takeaway that I said on the Gamescom podcast was the Under the Waves uh, developed by Parallel Studios. And that's yeah. the one that's published by Quantic Dream. Um, yeah, I really like kind of the underwater exploration. It kind of reminded me of Abzu and like with a strong narrative focus on it, I'm all in. For sure. Um, I had that same feeling with Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> <laughs> it was, kind of a reaffirmation of like, oh, actually, this might be an okay yeah, game. It was it was by far the best trailer they've shown for that game. For sure. And, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm reinterpreting what I said on the podcast, but yeah, I'm optimistic about it now. Oh, I haven't yeah. been excited about it at all. Yeah, so. I think what we saw in the trailer was kind of what people were getting their hands-on previews with at Summer Games Fest. And mm. uh content creators just couldn't talk about it all they could talk about was what we saw on the trailer at that point and now we're starting to see a bit more of kind of what they experienced so the people that were like no no this is this could be good like just wait for it um i think the 
the only red flag is kind of the date of release is that people are a little bit like, (laughs) it might be a bit too soon. And then also you're doing it a day before God of War. But at the same time, do they care? Probably not. (laughs) What else is out that day? There's another game out that day, isn't there? Just some small game about some... day before Ragnarok. I can't remember. Some game that has shot itself in the face by... uh... Oh, Skull and Bones. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think in the three days, it's kind of Sonic, Skull and Bones, God of War, like back to back. Yeah, yeah, something's gonna give in that little window. Yeah, and God of War won't do so, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can see God of War Ragnarok fading miserably. <laughs> Not so much, really. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I don't think anyone's excited for Skull and Bones. I don't know anyone that is hyped for that particular thing. Uh, so that November, Sonic may get a chance. You never know. Um, so yeah, that was Gamescom. Bit of future game show. There's more future game show stuff up on the website. If you had their figureguns.net, go and have a look if you want to get caught up on everything. All the trailers from Gamescom are also up there. So do check them out. Right, let's get into some week's news. And the biggest things, I suppose, is, uh, well, PS5 price to increase in select markets due to global economic environment. I'm going to read from the PlayStation blog. Um, Mr. Jim Ryan, the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, says the global economic environment is a challenge that many of you around the world are no doubt experiencing. We're seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting consumers and creating pressure on many industries. Based on these challenging economic conditions, SIE have made the difficult decision to increase the recommended retail price of PS5 in select markets across Europe, Middle East and Africa, Asia Pacific, Latin America, as well as Canada there will be no price increase in the United States. Um, specifically, specifically in the UK, the PS5 with the Blu-ray disc drive is now for $7,999, and the digital edition is $3,899. Um, they've all gone up the same price, about 20 bucks, or, yeah, around about that. And so, hmm, interesting. What's more interesting is Microsoft have come out and said, nope, we're not uh, updating our prices, and Nintendo have done the same thing as well. So Sony are very much alone in this one. I want to say that is with an asterisk, though, for now. Um, I reckon seeing maybe the possible flashback or lack thereof, that maybe a year or two down the line, X, uh, maybe Xbox at least, might be like, well, if PlayStation did it, and they still kind of was hitting targets and they were you know, so hotly in demand. Maybe we could do the same. I don't know. Because um, it's all greed at the end of the day, isn't it? Right? <laughs> inflation means not too much to the bigger companies. It mean, Inflation means more to the consumer, which is us. And we're like having to overall kind of struggle on a day-to-day basis if you are kind of working class area. Uh, for companies like that, all it is is just a, a smaller profit margin. and you know, for Sony, their profit margins have been like amazing this year in terms of software. Like they might have bigger budgets, which is cutting into that profit, but they're still, they still made like a few billion in the games that they released this year. So they're not like hurting, so to speak. Um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> and it also like inflation happens all the time. Like, that will that will mean it can go down, but does that mean the PlayStation price will go down? Probably not. Um, 
So it's a little bit of a frustrating move that they've done for their own game. Um, but I would like to see what else anyone else has to say about it. Pat, do you want to go first or shall I? <laughs> oh, you're on mute, dude, so you go first. Okay. <laughs> um, I think this is quite a bold move from Sony. Uh, I read that statement and I was like, so you're acknowledging people are facing massive financial pressures in their day-to-day life and your conclusion to that is to raise the price of your product to make it even more unaffordable, which kind of is quite counterintuitive. Um, I agree with Josh. I don't think Sony are being in any way particularly affected by the change in inflation. There might be some, but (coughs) at the end of the day, like Josh said, it's a tiny hit on a profit margin, which is quite significant. Sony could quite easily absorb this cost with no (coughs) issue to them, only to their shareholders. And I don't think it's going to pay off. I think this might be one where people think, well, the Xbox is now cheaper on both consoles um, for equivalent tech albeit exclusives aren't there, Game Pass represents better value for money at a time when everyone's saving money, cancelling subscriptions, trying to make ends meet, they're going to go for the most cost-effective and affordable option, which Microsoft now, without doubt, already was, but now absolutely is. So I think this is purely a business decision on the basis of their thinking, we're selling really well, let's take advantage of that, pump the price up and see if people still buy it anyway in the hope that maybe this is a precedent that they can then keep as inflation comes down, they'll just say, oh, well, the price is there, people are still buying it. So they think it's valuable money, so we'll keep it there. I think it's really interesting that it's said that they haven't done this in the USA, but they kind of have in like this really kind of sneaky way. So what they've actually done is in the US now, you can't buy the console on its own anymore for the standard price. You have to buy a bundle. So you'd have to buy like, the one with Horizon in it, which is charged however much more it is. But obviously that's at no cost to Sony. Those games are printed and the developers already made it. It's already published. It's in the bundle already. So they're not losing any money from bundling that game in, but you have to pay more in order to purchase it. And that is the only way you can buy a PS5 over there at the moment. Um, And a theory of why they're doing that is because they didn't want the negative press in the US because the Xbox has actually sold really well in the US for the last couple of years. Um, and they're, I think they're a bit worried about their market share there. So it's quite interesting that they're doing it in every other country where they're doing well, but they're not doing it in the country where they're on par with Microsoft. Um, and I think this is why Microsoft's resurgence is actually quite important for the industry to kind of get Sony's arrogance a bit in check. And I'm hopeful that this is going to happen from making this decision, which only really affects consumers. I don't think it's a good move. And I don't think it's being made in a way which benefits the consumer in any singular way. Um, I think it is Sony being a bit greedy. So, yeah, I think it's a bad decision. And uh, hopefully this one backfires on them and they learn the lesson. And uh, thank God for Microsoft and Game Pass. That's not, right. not that's not to mention as well their class action lawsuit for $5 billion for oh, yeah. <laughs> artificially inflating their prices in a digital store, which only came out like last week. Yeah. So, <laughs> they're having a lot of bad press at the moment, <laughs> and with good reason and you know the last of us one remake is coming out this week and i've obviously spoken about i think that's a hugely inflated price for what that product uh, like offers and sony do a lot of good with their exclusives but i feel like a lot of their decisions now are being based on we're in a leading position we're just going to rinse this for as much as we can which is kind of what led to them fucking up in the ps3 era 
and it kind yeah, of feels definitely. like they're making all those same mistakes again and it's going yeah. to come around at them again Ripes. Mars is not messing around on this one no I, t- I love Sony but oh, I just don't like Jim Ryan I think this is a lot of Jim Ryan's doing he's like placating the shareholders <laughs> at a time when you know big corporations could be doing a lot to ease up the cost of living crisis that everyone is facing and instead they're choosing to to capitalize on it and make more money out of it which I find just really scummy but it's business it's capitalism you know it is how it is John Layden wouldn't have pulled this shit no he wouldn't and we all know, you know that. Nintendo aren't, Microsoft aren't. Well, Microsoft could absorb pretty much any cost and not be bothered. But, you know, Nintendo, they're, they're doing great with the Switch. But equally, that console is quite old. And I, I kind of thought this as well of, is this the only time in history a console has been out for like two years and has gone up in price? Yes, it is. It is, the I... first, it is the first console to go up in price due to inflation. Yeah. Ever. Like, and you think, you know, we've had financial issues inflation everything else mm-hmm. in history and yet this has never happened before and now suddenly are suddenly like oh no we need the extra money and i just i don't know i find it very strange that a console that's been out for this long and i can't imagine where they're going to be that far out from when they do the the ps5 elite or the ps5 pro or whatever yeah. you know so I, mm. I just i can't see it's any other move other than trying to just rake in a bit of extra money because they do that stuff because uh, the parts get cheaper and the manufacturing gets cheaper. So their profit margins go up on the consoles and then they, you know, like you said, make a slim, make a pro, whatever, to like refresh the system with better stuff to yeah, be the at the pr- yeah, to be at the price point that was the original one, you know, as it released. And that's so, the point as well, because aren't the um, you know, the graphics chips or the processor chips that were like hugely in demand, apparently that whole industry has like crashed their prices because they oversupplied loads of them. And the industry was like, cool, well, now we'll just give them out to you all cheaper. Like that's the the counterbalance that you should see in a market like this. And instead, it kind of feels like Sony are kind of being like, no, no, we're just going to keep prices really high and push them higher when actually based on their profits and how well it's doing, you should think it should come down because the cost it's taking to make the PS5 is now less, but they're going to charge you more. And... Yeah, the more I think about it, the more like frustrated I get with yeah. it because it's just a shit decision, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I still don't really understand the one hundred pound difference between the two systems. I don't understand. I don't believe that a UHD drive costs only a hundred pounds. It doesn't. <laughs> Probably doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's, it's so weird to me. I think and... it's not necessarily the part, but kind of what it has to offer. It brings Stop. a lot more. And it stops you being on the digital store as much. If you can get physical copies, then you can buy, you can't buy like cheaper versions of pre-owned games. You have to buy it through Sony store if you've got the digital only one. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's why they charge a premium for the disc drive one to encourage you to get the digital one so that they can rinse you for more money on the store. Like, yeah. it's kind of a clever Oh, tactic. I know, I know. <laughs> as you would know, Roscoe, given your purchase in the last week. Are you boy just paid though? a lot of money. Um, I am. I've got an Xbox Series S and a PS5 digital. Oh, so, so you're like completely digital. I am fully digital at the whim of kind of whatever price they set. Really, yeah. I have been looking. You know, I've been looking to upgrade my Xbox at least at some point. Mm. So I've got a player of some kind. Um, yeah, I'm in no rush to do it. Obviously, there's no reason to really, but um, it's something I'm looking into. But yeah, I mean, I'm 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 quite happy with you know my little S at the moment. It's a perfectly awesome system. So. 
This or isn't an advertisement to game, but like you can trade in a console and make like a Series X cheaper. And I don't know how that would fare for a trading in a Series S to a Series X to then. Yeah. You know. Yeah, all in good time. All in good time. I'll see what the Christmas deals are like. <laughs> um so I guess the big question is um I'm gonna leave this leave the big question to cat right at the end. Um is the PS5 worth 480 pounds? So I've said it on many, many podcasts time and time again in the last year. Sony are doing nothing but proving that they could not give a fuck about their consumer and they give more of a fuck about how much money they're making. At the moment, they're like the conservative party of the consoles. It is ridiculous. Damn. Like, make your fucking console more accessible before you start charging prices. Don't come out with some prissy ass statement about scalping. Oh, we condone scalping. We condone scalping. We, we think it's so unacceptable that people have bought. So we'll try and limit the PS5s that people have and then essentially scalp your own fucking PS5. It's just embarrassing at this point. Like, like Miles was saying, like, you can absorb that price. And in fact, it would have looked better on you to say hey do you know what we we recognize that like the country is in like a shit storm that you know the world is in a shit storm right now but do you know what like we're, we're gonna freeze the price because we can't get it out anyway like but there are people still struggling to get to get consoles like miles is saying they're doing this sneaky thing where like the consumers are only selling bundles i had to buy mine for a bundle that was the only way i could do it they wouldn't let me buy a solo one because weirdly enough that one was sold out it's like what like you can't like split the stock like so i just i think it's really rich coming from sony and i think like as well on the back of you've just changed your um ps plus to be more money and you've just like split it into three tiers with three different more amounts of money so you're getting more profit by the people that are doing premium and the people that are doing extra anyway so surely that money has like made up for your shitey little price increase i just uh, yeah they're just proving time and time again that they're not listening and they're consistently not listening and like good for them they've got so much profit but that's only going to last so long until people start cottoning on you know people are people are stupid and i think that like they're just consistently proving time and time again that they don't give a shit um and i think it's really um like i think it's really comfort not comforting because everyone everyone is a business and so but i think it says a lot that you know nintendo and xbox have come out and been like oh we're not we're not gonna do that so fuck sony and it's kind of the moment yeah a little bit like fuck sony yeah um it's just such a like such a Oh, too big for my boots. I'm just gonna like do the hard man walk across the street. It's like you look dumb. You look stupid. Stop doing that. Um, so do I think it's worth 480 pounds? No, not yet. I still agree with is it Greg's article from like last year? Um, where it's like you're still not missing much. I think like actually, yes, there's a lot of great games on the PS5, but uh I'm still quite happy with you know what I'm playing and I don't think there's anything that I couldn't have apart from Horizon I don't think there's anything that I'd be like oh, I'd be so gutted to have not had a PS5 for mm. even then you could have played it on the PS4 exactly exactly and I think that's like I would have only wanted the hype of it being played on a PS5 and not the actual do you know what I mean I would have still played it on the PS4 um, so no I don't think it's worth that and I don't think it's worth any kind of price increase I think that 
it's very rich to make you know to bring out a whole console make it basically unaccessible to the whole world people setting alarms at 6am in the fucking morning 4am in the morning people scalping it for you to raise the price what i get that that's like someone out there is listening oh that's basic supply and demand like it is <laughs> but there's also consumer psychology and marketing and that's not the right way to go about it for consumers uh so sony it's not gonna last long babe enjoy your profit while you can what do you mean they're charging 70 pounds for a 10 year old game this week what are you good about <laughs> That's, do you know what I mean? It's just kind of fucking bullshit. And then they're like, because we're so poor, just like the rest of the world, we're going to hike up our game price. Fuck off. Fuck off. So, uh, yeah. And I get it. And do you know what? Nintendo, they're not all angels either. Every single fucking game is 50 quid, even if it's 10 years old still. So, uh, you know. It's true. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I don't know. Like, they're just the conservatives of the consoles right now, and I just I'm not voting for them. <laughs> I sat here with my PlayStation Five on, you know, like, <laughs> and they've got the new controller out as well. So, like, which yeah. one is it? Are you poor or are you? What are you doing? I just I don't understand. I just not that they've claimed to be poor, but you know my point. I'm just hyperbolic. You're, uh, you're playing your upgraded 60 frames a second version of Days Gone <laughs> on your PS Five. Exactly. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, but yeah i just yeah i think it's rich do you know what i mean i think it's very rich to bring out that whole new extra premium thing that's going to generate a lot more profit anyway to bring out a whole new controller to, like you said to bring out first party games that you know have already had controversy over the price anyway and say oh do you know what we're going to add 100 pounds to our already really hard to get consoles that even nearly after two years after release people are still struggling to get without buying a whole bundle costing 750 pounds Fuck off. Mm. What idiot would buy Last of Us Part One? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, who would do that? Huh? <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> Listen, you had a moment of weakness. Sleep deprivation does a lot to the amygdala. You get impulsive. Look, Listen. I saw it was the manipulative marketing. Yeah. That's what got you. It was it was the live action trailer adaptation. Um, the very small bit of footage that they released for the Last of Us TV show. And I was like, oh, I remember that scene in The Last of Us. It was fucking great. Oh fuck! And suddenly I find myself on the PSN store, and I'm like, "I hate you, Pedro Pascal. I hate you so much." But you're the Mandalorian, and now you're Joel, so I love you. And so it's 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 a it's a risky. I'm just I've got no willpower, and I'm very easily swayed. Um, marketing works very easily on me, evidently. So there we are. But yeah, it's a very interesting time to be a Sony pony, of which we're not. We love all consoles. Um, talking of all consoles, let's move on to something that, which is really quite awesome from Microsoft. Game Pass friends and family reportedly discovered on Xbox backend. Microsoft recently announced a test for a multiple user subscription in Ireland and Colombia. This is from Jordan Middler over at VGC. A logo for Airspot's Game Pass game friends and family has reportedly been discovered, which could suggest an official multi-user subscription could be coming soon. The alleged logo for the service was found by a Twitter user who scrapes the Xbox back end. Earlier this month, Microsoft announced that it was testing a new tier of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate in Ireland and Colombia that would allow members to share their membership with multiple users. It appears that the new tier of service will be known as Xbox Game Pass Friends and Family when it begins. I mean, if we're talking about the yin and yang of the gaming industry, this is quite something. Um, Kat, what do you reckon to this in comparison? This is like night and day, isn't it? It's, it's unbelievable. 
And I'm actually surprised that Sony didn't get on this a lot sooner because they're all about like, let's just make food. But I think it makes sense. I don't understand why it was never done before. It's always never made sense to me where it's just kind of like where you've got like a big family of gamers, perhaps, and you're all paying for, and I get that's because it's money, but like why there isn't, you know, like Netflix where you can have like just, you know, one TV, same subscription, different profiles. They like can't do the same with gaming. So I think, well, you know, I'm glad someone's finally doing it. <laughs> you know? um, I, actually, I think Nintendo has done it for a while, but um, but I, I think it's a great idea. Um, yeah, one big prize for everyone, everyone all around sharing the same thing. Why not? Yeah, I think there's no confirmation on this yet, but I believe it's it goes from 11 to 25 a month, but between four people. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah, and you think as well, must... like, if you have, like, university houses as well, where yeah. there's, like, I don't know, like, five people in a house or six people in a house, you're laughing. Like, it works out with, like, £6 a month-ish for everyone. Yeah, and that's more than, you know, that's much less than you'd pay for a subscription by yourself anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what, nearly just over a pound a week What for all a Game Pass. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Miles, are you going to sign up to this with me? We'll get Josh I mean, in, we'll get Tommy in, we'll be fine, we'll be great. We get cat yeah, in. We, we could do like a this. finger guns Xbox games friends and family. We we could totally do that and save everyone loads of money. Yeah, idea. we could save everyone really like loads of money. Like, why don't we do that? <laughs> that is a wonderful idea. Yeah, I think again, I totally agree with Kat. It's night and day, and it even sounds nice. It's even, you know, it's a friends and family thing. You know, you involve everyone in it. You know, they've just got the marketing of it just right. And, you know, I think. Sony couldn't have announced this price hike at the worst, at a better or worst possible time when Microsoft are coming out being like, look how consumer friendly we're being. Even at a time of high inflation, we're going to try and help you save money if you like join together. Um, It's just another really good move from Microsoft. You know, Phil Spencer, everything he seems to do at the moment is gold dust. And I think given the, the cost of living stuff we talked about, this is going to be super appealing for people. And Kat, you mentioned it, like student houses, you know, people who are house sharing, you know, who all have that common interest in games. This is going to potentially, you know, if you're deciding what console to get that your house is going to share or that you're all going to play on the ecosystem of, this is a no-brainer. This instantly saves you money. It puts you all together. You get access to all these games you can all play together. I think it's just a brilliant move on Microsoft's part. And yeah, I'd love to do a finger guns version of it. I think that'd be great. Um, with the access of games, you know, I've with this PC stuff, you know, I'm jumping in and out of little games and just trying things out and stuff. And I just think it's such a phenomenal deal. It's just a winner. So yeah, I think it's a great idea. What I love about it is the Xbox friends and family, and then Sony's press release is like because of the global economic shutdown, <laughs> inflation. Yeah. yeah, because you're all suffering, we're going to make you suffer more. Whereas Xbox are like, oh, you're all suffering. Here's a nice deal to try and help you out with that suffering. There's a very uh, big dichotomy of those two. I think it's also really cool because Netflix have that like thing, don't they? Where they're like, we know if you're using it from different houses. Whereas Xbox are saying like, no, like friends are friends. You can all have it online. You can, there's a lot of games that you can play online. So they're obviously going to set something up for multiple houses and so that's really yeah. cool as well and they're yeah. going to accommodate that it doesn't just all have to be that you have to live with the friends that you're going to play with which i think is like really accommodating and it's really well thought out hopefully. yeah it's a brilliant idea and like you said like a lot of companies are cracking down on subscriptions being like shared whereas like stuff like nah do it pay less <laughs> yeah it bugs me that netflix is doing that now years ago they were like oh yeah we don't give a fuck whatever i'm assuming there's like a new head at netflix that's like oh, wait i'm not having that Sorry, we're I mean Netflix are like seven hundred million in the hole. 
So yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think this was like the first year they went down in subscribers, um, which is then when they were like, okay, now we have to start charging multiple houses for this because we're going down in subscribers. Um, and I think I reckon Xbox kind of saw that and was like getting ahead of it a bit before you know before the whole because I don't know if this is a moot story, but talking to someone that has has a game pass with and he says he shares it with his brother and they live in two separate houses and they both use it um i don't know the ins and outs of it maybe one of them has to play when the other one isn't but maybe that is like a potential thing that they've seen like oh people are doing this let's just facilitate that further and make it you know make more households more more consoles doing it and I know it's a way a ways out, but the sort of the the thing that they're going for with the kind of like fire stick um, thing for the TV that Xbox want to put out. Um, so not everyone needs a console either. They'll just need this stick. They'll have the friends and family game pass, and that's it. You're good to go, like on in any room of the house without a console. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, um, and you can do it on your phone. Like I've got all of Game Pass on my phone, um, yeah. which is really handy at work. You know, <laughs> I've got it all on my iPad. It's just, it's just wild. And you know, PS PS Remote Play, it works and it's okay, but I've still got to use my PS4 controller. It doesn't work with DualSense. Yeah, that's weird. Which is really weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess me. as well they they've released their sort of version of the Backbone as well, so maybe they're just like kind of they want. More propriety, propriety sales on their gadgets and stuff like that make a bit more money. And because Sony are not looking good right now. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft have got it all, all to, all to play for. Really, um, just release some goddamn games, and the... that's it, isn't it? And we should be fine. Uh, right then. Um, it's one of the games from Gamescom that stuck with me was a game called High on Life. Which is being made by uh, the Rick and Morty dudes, and it's very evident in that uh, that short piece of gameplay that we saw. Um, and so I was wondering, it, it did make me chuckle out loud a couple of times. So I was wondering if, if you guys had any funny games, like the funniest games that you remember playing, because it's weird. I can't. There aren't that many games that made me chuckle out loud hysterically. Um, but I was wondering if you guys had any before we get to recommendations. Uh, Miles. I have two. <laughs> I had when I was a kid, um, when I was quite young. We had an N sixty four and a PS one as like my first like growing up consoles. I know I'm young. Um, yeah. and, and my brother, I was never allowed to play it myself, but my brother had Conker's Bad Fur Day. And has anyone heard of this or played this before? Yeah, it's very very much aware of it. Yeah. Oh my god, it was phenomenal. So you play as like this alcoholic, like swearing, horrible, like awful squirrel and you go around this world you've got to like reunite with like your girlfriend or something and you constantly get like uh like barricaded or like uh prevented from doing so by this like i think it's like a weasel or a, uh, another squirrel that's prussian or something um and basically he swears all the time there's like a piss on demand prompt at some point there's a boss fight which is still like the song it sings is still in my head of this giant mound of literal shit and he sings a song about how he's going to throw a shit at you because you're a little twat. And I just remember singing this song to myself as a kid, but I couldn't do it with my parents around and just wetting myself at how stupidly funny this game was. Um, it's it's completely like 
offensive and horrible now it wouldn't be accepted now but at the time it was just so funny um and just look up the poo boss from conquer's bad fur day and you'll see the cutscene i mean mm-hmm. um quick phenomenal. heads up as uh, what we were just talking about conquer's bad fur day is on game pass oh my god it's in the rare replay collection are you joking no i'm not joking Oh my god, I'm going straight to it right now. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. I cannot wait to play that game again. It'll probably play like like awfully, but it'll be great. Um, so there's that one, and then also Destroy Humans too. Weirdly enough, I forgot just how much like I enjoyed it as a kid. There was always a joke about like he walks in and like his commander is like a hologram or whatever. And he's like, "What's up, Boxy? You look a little constipated." And it's just one of my favorite lines in the game. Um, it's again probably not as funny nowadays as it was back then because it was like 2006 i want to say um 2007 around that time but again they were just super funny really kind of like offensive like playing on stereotypes a lot but kind of like makes fun of everybody quite equally because obviously it's an alien invading earth so it takes the piss out of every form of humanity um and it, there are some really good lines. And when I played the remake recently, which I'll talk about um, as part of recommendations, um, I forgot just how funny and on point some of the humour was. And actually, it predicts some of what society has turned into now. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to those two. I think those are probably the the ones that have genuinely made me laugh a lot. But part of that was because I was a kid and I found anything like edgy or offensive quite humorous because you're a kid. So anything mm-hmm. that is like not allowed is funnier. <laughs> Yeah, I think Conquest Live and Reloaded is on Game Pass as well. Oh my god. So we'll have to go check this out. I'm going to lose my whole week to it. Oh, damn. Uh, Cat, funniest games ever. I really racked my brain on this one, and I didn't know if if it meant like the game was funny itself or just like the funniest time I've had with games. Um, So I kind of went for... A little bit of both. So I actually think the formula to Two Point Hospital and Two Point are really funny. Like, the woman in that kills me. She fucking kills me. Um, But, like, funniest experiences I've had with games is probably um, Jackbox games. And I think that's because it is what you make it. And it takes a lot of your own humour. And I don't think I've really laughed at a game as much as I have with my friends of Jackbox. Um, of course, some of them are really hit and miss, but there are some games which are like absolutely golden. Games where you can like type in your own answers, like do in jokes. And I just think that's really, really funny. I did watch the trailer to High on Life and it it is really interesting. It gives me Borderlands vibes though, where I'm like, oh, but that gun is hilarious. Um, and I really love Rick and Morty. But other than that, I couldn't really think of anything else that was like really, really, really funny that I played. I'm sure there is, and I'm sure in a week's time, I'll absolutely kick myself and be like, that was the funniest game I've ever fucking played in my life. Uh, but until then, I'm going to stick with my guns and say Jackbox. All right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I put it from a perspective of that, not from Miles' perspective, which I wish I'd thought about more. Yeah. I did it from like a, an experienced perspective. Yeah, I've had the, the I've had the uh, the pleasure of playing Jackbox with Cat before. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but we played like a very mediocre pack. We did play Jack the the latest one, I think we played, didn't we? Yeah, there's a newer one out now. I think yeah. there's like an All Stars one out now. There's um, lots of uh, Step Bro jokes. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Roscoe? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask Josh first, and then I'll get into oh, it. All right. Josh, 
So kind of games. Um, I'm quite new to the sort of series or serieses there is now of uh, the RGG Studios games. Uh, I think my first proper dive into it was Judgment. So Judgment, Yakuza, they're all kind of from the same studio. They all they kind of tie in a little bit story-wise. Uh, I think Judgment was the first one that I started because I liked the aspect of kind of like a private detective sort of thing. Um, a lot more my my uh, interest kind of, you know, the procedural, the investigation, crime, mystery. Um, and those games, uh, on the surface, they don't look like they're going to be funny. They look like they're quite serious, quite action-y. But my God, some of the stories that you find in in those games are just unbelievable. Um, I think Judgment started off with with some humour, but then I went to um, I went to Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the latest one that's on PlayStation Plus now. I think it's the game of the month. Uh, that is one well worth snapping up. Um, they just they're just not afraid to just do some of the craziest stuff, and I think. Uh, it embraces sort of the culture that maybe Westerners kind of see Japan being like, and all that. And they are quite, it's quite like a, an exaggeration of maybe the Western view of it, but they do embrace it. And, you know, I've, I've been into creches where adult men are all in nappies and there is a singular woman looking after them all. And these are people that, are also is this in Yakuza or just yeah, this is in life? this is in <laughs> oh, okay. this is in Yakuza, yeah. Um, and I don't know, there's just some of the humor on it. I think it's not for everyone. I think uh, some of the all of the humor is very wacky. And I've gotten to an age now where uh, you know you you get to a point. South Park is funny, then you feel like you're mature and grown up, and that stuff's not funny anymore. And then you actually grow up, and you're like, actually, yeah, no. It is funny and it's hilarious. And Yakuza is all of that. I think it's quite, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't make any points in its humor. Uh, there's no real kind of commentary to the humor. And I know, I think good comedy does speak about society in general and it does do some of that. It plays into the tropes of, uh, kind of what people know about Japan. But other than that, it's just, yeah, it's hilarious. I think another game as well, just a quick shout out, Disco Elysium. Um, it is a very sad game, but there is so much humour to be had in it with the self-deprecation, sort of politics side of it. And uh, yeah, I can't enjoy that game enough for its for its humour and its commentary. Um, well worth checking out. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think I'm the only person left that hasn't played Disco Elysium. I really need to get on that. Um, yeah, I think, kind of jam. do you know, I'm not a point and click adventure kind of guy I'm, when it comes to games, but this one, like, it, it's so good that I looked past how it played and absolutely, like, I've played it like four or five times. Um, and the story is just so good. It's so immersive and there's so much you can do. Um, the game itself, like, you might feel like you failed, but even in failing, you can still proceed through the game. And you can fail in like hilarious ways. Like, I think I remember the, the day it came out on the PlayStation. I booted it up. Um, you wake up hungover, and there is a tie on a ceiling fan. 
And I was like, well, I'm going to need to get that because that's my, that's my bit of clothing. Uh, so I reach up to grab it and I have a heart attack and I die. And that is game over. And I just <laughs> had to restart the game. Um, <laughs> I was just like, okay, yeah, I think I can get down with this game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Kat, did you want to add on your uh, the one that you've just thought of? I did. Um, Josh's one made reminded me of Trevor from the last from the last one from uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. I consistently laughed out loud when you portrayed Trevor. He's so fucking funny. He's so chaotic. He's so neurotic. It is just the best thing. So shout out to. I mean, the whole game is pretty funny actually. Like when you're like even when you're playing as Michael, like he's pretty sarcastic. He's pretty very. He's like. I don't know, he's like a better version of Mark Wahlberg in a game. <laughs> um, that's who I see as, as Michael. Uh, yeah, so Trevor from the Graph of 45. Great Jeez. shout. Shout out to Stephen Ogg, the actor. Who yeah, it. who I've seen in real life and looks like Trevor. Like right. they've, they've like for liked his digital like face. That must be quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. But he was walking dead, Trevor, when I met him. So he had the massive mustache. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Nice one. Um, I think mine has to be Tales from the Borderlands. Um, it is one of the only games that has made me properly crack up. Um, there really aren't that many. I mean, I played through South Park, The Sick of Truth, and The Fractured But Whole, and you know, they, they were fine and they were funny, but The Last of Us was uh, The Last of Us again. No, Tales from the Borderlands was written so well. And it was because of, you know, the, the, the betrayal of the characters. You know, Troy Baker is playing um, the lead and recently, and he's just so different about anything else he's ever done. It feels so much more lighthearted, so much more fun. And you can tell that he's having a good time. Um, you know, the, the star of the show is always going to be um, Gortys, who was played by Ashley Johnson, um, the little robot um, that follows you around, who is just the most life-affirming, positive, hilarious character in the whole game. Um, it stays with me because Tales in the Borderlands was such a great experience. We were talking about it last week, of course, and on the Gamescom pod. Um, that you know, we're looking forward to the to the new one, even though it's not strictly Telltale, but they do have some of the writers working on this one. So we'll see how it goes. Um, it's a whole new bunch of characters, so it's going to be interesting. But yeah, uh, Tales in the Borderlands will always be up there uh, because it's just just fantastic. And um, of course, you know, finger guns would not be finger guns without Tales in the Borderlands because that's where we got our name from. Um, that whole sequence, you know, the um, the finger gun shootout is one of my favorite moments in gaming ever. It was just so funny. Um, it's one that I've gone back to and played multiple times. And it was just a just kind of a revelation at that point. I never played anything like it. Tales of the Borderlands really came out of nowhere and just blew me away. You, know, you guys know I'm not a big fan of the Borderlands series at all. But um, I was a big fan of Telltale, so I gave it a go in the same way that I gave, you know, Game of Thrones a go, even though I've never seen it. Um, and just had the most amazing time. And I really hope that this new one lives up to it because to me, there's nothing funnier than Tales in the Borderlands in terms of video games. Um, so, God, I really hope the new one can live up to that. But we shall see. We shall see. Can so, I ask, yeah. is the humour different from Tales than it is from the mainline games? I think I think they, they tread a similar line. Okay. Uh, for sure. But it's... I think um, that level of sarcasm, the kind of monotone, deadpan stuff, is still very present. Yeah, um, and so I think if you if you play Borderlands, then you'll definitely get an idea of what it's going to be like. Okay, 
but um then the way it's it's narratively driven this these telltale games obviously because they you know that's what they're designed to do um and so there's there's jokes every five six minutes you know it's just it's so funny and uh highly recommended if you can find it somewhere relatively cheap at the moment um even if it's not cheap pay for a full price charge jesus christ <laughs> do you know you talking about it last week and now again i i am you know i am thinking oh uh, maybe it's one to check out because um, you know Telltale came out with obviously New Tales and The Expanse, yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm like, yeah, Telltale, like you know, was it The Wolf Among Us as well? Yes. Like they had some really good stories in there, and I think because of the IP, it was one I skipped the Tales from the Borderlands. But the way you're speaking about it makes me really want to go back and uh, really yeah. experience that one. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a ten out of ten. There's no doubt about it. I'd actually true. agree with that. I, yeah, I confess I absolutely hate the Borderlands main games, but I absolutely adore Tales of, from the Borderlands. I think I'm with you, Josh. I've never played it, and everyone always says this to me. Maybe we'll play it together, Josh. Can you play it together? You can obviously share play. Yeah, uh, you can share play. Uh, it's our homework for the week, Cat. <laughs> <If it's, laughs> yeah, do it. If it's on Plus or something like that, we can... Uh, it's only like it. you know it's only a couple hours an episode you'll get through it quick enough i've i've got it on my account cat so you could probably download it off of mine yes <laughs> um so yeah um telltale didn't really delve into the more light-hearted stuff everything they did got very serious like the walking dead and batman and you know even their guardians game wasn't that funny i don't think they don't play the, the guardians telltale game yeah i did it didn't quite work for me no there, there were like moments where you're like, okay, I can see it coming through. It gets the feel. And then it goes into like this really, like there's quite a depressing section in it. And I was like, I didn't come here for this. Like this going to be the Guardians, mm. man. So yeah, I, yeah, they didn't quite crack it with that one. Although shout out to the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Square Enix game. Oh, that is, that is funny. Yeah. That, do you know what that should have been? That should be one of our picks because that from last year, that was a great game. Yeah. Uh, I think it had... A lot, to, a lot going against it being not an MCU game, but its own iteration and finding that balance of tone, humour, as well as setting themselves apart, and they smashed it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right then, let's get into our recommendations. This is where we've seen something throughout the week that we want to share with you, our dear listener, whether it be a game, a movie, a TV show, a Funko Pop, or a kind of antiperspirant. I don't know, I'm just looking at things. Um, Josh, do you want to go first? Oh man, um, I'm not too sure what to recommend this week. Uh, can we go back to me? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, sure. Uh, Miles, destroy all humans to reprobed. Hey, yay! It was the game that I also couldn't talk about but really wanted to. And shout out to THQ Nordic and Black Forest Games, they sent this game through as a review copy. like what was it three four weeks in advance like it we got a lot of time yeah. yeah which was very kind of them because it's longer than i remembered it being um it's about i think it's about 15 hours all told and that's what she said oh there it is i wondered if somebody <laughs> would do it <laughs> there it is um so yeah it was like 15 hours all told finished the campaign did most of the side missions i did a few of the collectibles um it's just really fun like like I said, some of the humor is quite outdated now, so you've got to take some of the the less, I guess, acceptable ones in today's times. 
but some of it is really really on point like some of it is really really funny and like I said there were bits of it where actually they kind of like play on like the stereotypes of where society is going at that time um which have actually kind of come true um so it was really interesting seeing something taken from so long ago a bit like what the Simpsons does where it accurately kind of represents something that is going to pass but they were obviously just passing it off as a joke at the time but then it actually did happen uh, the gameplay is just like uh, One's remake. Um, it's still the third person kind of action. Um, you still got like weird weapons like the Zappomatic and the Meteor Strikes and all that kind of stuff. You can still anal probe people. And what else would you want to do playing as an alien? Um, it looks great. The graphical overhaul that they've done is really, really impressive. It's not like the best game that you'll play at the moment, but it's not meant to be. It's got just a quite a cool cartoonish kind of art style. Um, but the effects and the colours are all really vibrant and great. Um, and I just loved coming back into this world and just having a really good time skating around on my jetpack, firing down meteors on buildings, you know, doing a bunch of missions, getting in the saucer, flying up, death ray and everything. It's just a really, really fun time. And there's a lot more game in here than I remember there being. You know, you're looking at at least a dozen hours minimum for the price um i think it's a remake done really well and that was the case for the original i found and it's the case for this one there were a couple of bugs that got in the way again some of them were kind of more amusing than game breaking but there were a couple that were more bothersome um but this is worth picking up you know if you like the originals or if you've watched the trailer you think that looks really entertaining it is pick it up you won't regret it um yeah i think it's a good purchase all right well there you go the Story Hotel is still available now. It's out now, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Kaz, your recommendation this week? Uh, my recommendation is not is, uh, a game Midnight this by week. Taylor Swift. It's called Midnights, actually. Um, and yeah, get that. Oh, it sounded like you said Midnight. I said, Sorry. I said Midnights. Sorry. Yeah, that's available October 21st. <laughs> I don't need to listen to it to recommend Oh, did you not? Because... Did you not shadow drop it like she does normally? No, she did do that with Folklore and Evermore, though. So. Mm. Yeah, so our last album. So yeah, no, we're not. We're getting a we're getting a full era, which means that like there's a color palette. There's there's probably going to be a tour. There's singles. There's there's hype. There's marketing. Wow. Yeah. You ready, Miles? You ready for this? Are you ready I, for this? I don't think there is any way to describe of how much nobody can be ready for what's about to ensue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is any preparation in the world that will prepare me adequately for what this is going to be. But I'm very excited for you, Kat. I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Um, that's not a recommendation. My recommendation is not a game, um, but it is a drink. Um, get yourself down to your local cozy club because it's a chain or whatever it's called um, where you are. I think it's called cozy club everywhere, actually. Um, and get yourself vanilla and raspberry martinis because and drink responsibly, of course, and only if you're over 18, of course, and 21 in the US. <laughs> you probably don't have cozy club over there. However, get yourself down there because they taste exactly like the drumstick lollies. Oh I my. wish I was joking. They're incredible. Oof. I had like 10. Wow. <laughs> That's my recommendation. Run. Okay. Do not walk. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I can't really run right now. So I don't run yeah. for anything but wasps and murderers. So uh, this is really just for the people who are able to run. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Good for you. Um, all right. Nice one. Um, Josh, have you got a recommendation? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I watched a show this week, um, Blackbird. It's on Apple TV Plus And 
uh, Apple TV Plus in general, they have been putting out shows that like nobody's really talking about, I don't think, but are, the, are just some of the best TV shows I've seen this year. So we had like The After Party, Severance, and then I just watched Blackbird. Uh, it's got Taron Egerton in it. Uh, he plays this kind of drug dealer in America. He gets caught, goes to prison, and his kind of only way out is to befriend this convicted serial killer. Uh, and they don't have proof that he kind of did what he did, apart from that he just admitted it and kind of quote unquote lied about it. Um, and he has to do that before his uh, before the killer's kind of hearing where he's going to probably get pardoned in a month or else that's it. He's in that prison forever. The killer goes free and he can be free to kill again. Um, it's like six episodes, so it's not too long of a show. Um, it tells such a, such a gripping story. There's really not too much like violence or graphic content in it, but kind of the depictions that you see in the episodes are so harrowing that I was just like absolutely gripped. Um, and I won't say too much more. It's based on a true story. I don't know how true the story is, apart from maybe the namesakes and kind of the overall events. Like maybe the show had a little bit more of a dramatization of the of it all. But yeah, Blackbird, such a good show. Nice. I can highly recommend um, Severance. Also, yes. Amazing show. What a show. Oh, my God. Cannot wait for the second season. I am just waiting with bated breath for it. Yeah. Apple have got some good stuff. Um, They have. It's not a lot. It does go under the radar. But, yeah, there's not a lot. I I started watching C, and I thought that was a bit shit. Oh, I see. I've not seen all C, all of them. Um, But, Mm. yeah, the ones that I have watched have been really good. If If you still have it. You should definitely check out the after party. It's like a yeah, who done it yeah. at a high school reunion, and uh, yeah, it's a, like a murder mystery, and it's it's just so funny. So the casting it are hilarious. Sweet. yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I am. I've have heard about that. Ben Schwartzen, isn't he from? Um, he is, and do you know what? He might yeah. be kind of the most annoying character in it, and I normally do quite like Ben Schwartz, especially in. Uh, uh, God, no, it's not. I was going to say Arrested Development, but it's not. It's Parks, Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought he was hilarious in that, and he borders. He kind of goes more deep into that sort of character. It gets a bit frustrating, but other than that, hilarious. Um, I mean, he's got one character, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> even even Sonic is a bit um, Parks and Rec <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it is kind of just him, kind of pitching his voice to match. Yeah, whatever he does, <laughs> it's a very yeah. Ben Schwartz. But, but, but what about you? What about your recommendation? Uh, my recommendation is a show on Disney Plus called Welcome to Wrexham. Okay. Um, it's a documentary um, about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney taking over Wrexham AFC. And it's fascinating. There are only two episodes at the moment. Um, it's So far, it's been kind of spread out really well. There's like the idea of them taking it over, Rob having to go to Ryan Reynolds because he didn't have enough money to do it himself. Um, and then getting very excited because they were kind of like sworn in just kind of like 98% of the board was like, yep, let's do this. Um, and then the second episode is kind of like the crushing reality of the situation that they're in. And it's just, it, it's a fascinating kind of dichotomy between the two episodes about these two sort of like super famous 
um, American movie stars uh, taking over this little town of Wrexham. And uh, it's fascinating. If you're into, if, I think you, even if you're not into football, it's a really interesting story so far. Um, they focus a lot on uh, Wrexham players and Wrexham supporters. Um, it's not just uh, Ryan and Rob all the way through. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool, really cool story. I can't wait to see more of it. So that's, uh, yeah, welcome to Wrexham on Disney+. Plus. Well worth a watch. Um, right then, so it is now time for Out This Week. And Out This Week, I don't know, because the website isn't loading. da 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 Someone talk about something while I find the website. I'm going to have some fish fingers and beans in a sandwich because I'm weird and I like it. Do, 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 do. No inscription comes out tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so Josh went super normal and I'm just like, yeah, like with my weirdness. Hey man, the biggest game of the year, Back to Blood DLC, is out tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Last of Us part, part one. Also, as well, like if you've had a PlayStation account since um, I think it's 2017, um, and they lose that back, they lose that court case, you're entitled to something like 200 pounds. Oh, yeah. there's a very slim chance that they're gonna lose that court case. That's like half of what we pay for The Last of Us. <laughs> well, I, was gonna, I was gonna say, what what will it be? Cash? Will it be like a store credit? And if it is, I'll buy Last <laughs> no, of Us. Knowing Sony, it's probably just fucking PS Plus. Like, oh, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. a few extra months to your subscription. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the great big hack. You've been hacked for about six months. Here are three free games. Well, was it it. Dead Nation, I think it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Dead Nation, Infamous, and one other. Was yeah, was great. I actually yeah. really enjoyed that. Oh, there we go. Right then. August 30th sees the release of F1 Manager 2022 on PC and PS5. Um, there's some DLC coming to Aliens Fireteam Elite called Pathogen on all consoles. Um, season 2 of Battlefield 2042 is coming out. If anyone's still playing Battlefield 2042, um, I'm not entirely sure they are. Um, August 30th also sees the release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga Collection, 13 classic TMNT games coming. You all know one big bundle. We've got a review for that right now up on the site, so do go and check that out. And um, Destroy All Humans Reprobed is coming out on August 30th as well. And there's, yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's it, really. That's it, really. Scathe is coming out on PC. Did someone take a code for that, or am I just imagining it? I think uh, Sean had asked for it and I was going to take it, but we haven't had anything through yet. Okay. All right, that's fine. And of course, on Friday, September the 2nd, sees the release of The Last of Us Part 1 on PS5, the original Last of Us. Whack once again in super shiny PS5 shininess. And also that comes bundled with Left Behind, that awesome DLC as well. So, you know, it's not a bad week, really. It's not a bad week at all. And of course, um, it's not on this list because that's how excited people are for it. But the Black for Bud DLC <laughs> launches tomorrow. I think we're the only ones excited for it. Who knows? Woo! I don't know if we're even excited for it. It was something to play in it. You know what I mean? Something to play. Thank you, Water Brothers, for the coat, by the way. Much appreciated. Love you. Love you. Uh, but that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. If you want to follow us individually, you can do that also. All of our handles are in the description 
below. Except for Miles, of course, who's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon for one dollar a month? One dollar a month. You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. It is goodbye from Josh Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. It is goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. It is goodbye from K to the A to the TKB. Bye-bye. And it is goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time for episode 170 of the Finger Guns Podcast. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Mm. No. You've got to keep that in, I think. Sorry. (laughs) Honestly, the worst song. (laughs) 